Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. We're continuing this series called Unwrapping Christmas. It is a series that I believe is going to encourage us, challenge us, and help us grow in our understanding of the Word of God, but also uh, what this season really means. We want to unwrap what this season is truly about. So last week, uh, Sam talked to us about courage, the gift of courage, and every week we're going to talk about a gift. So today I'm talking about the gift for all. Next week, the gift of joy. Week four, our big December 17th uh, Sunday production, the gift of good news, and then on Christmas Eve, the gift of a savior. Christmas Eve is a Sunday this year, so it's gonna be a fun time together. So come back for this. And this is all rooted in the theme verse of this series. So here we go. This is found in Luke chapter two, verse 10 and 11. I'm gonna be reading, it says, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And so as you saw in that theme verse, we're hitting one of those multiple themes every single week. And so today I wanna talk to you about being for all people, the gift for all. This is a message, this message of Jesus that's for everyone. Not just righteous people or people that look like they belong in church or people who grew up in it or come from the right side of the tracks or the right family. This is a gift for all people, that we would be a church that is for all people. That's why we say we we have events called Four Sacramento Events because we want to be a church that's known more for what it's for than what it's against. And that's what this message is about. And so today, as we jump in here, I think I want to acknowledge the reality that there are people who we would say, maybe we don't want this message to be for. Like people that have really hurt you, really betrayed you. Maybe you have real trauma in your life as a result of someone even close to you. And you would say, yeah, this message is for all people, but, but not that person. Or not those people. Maybe they have a perspective that's opposite of you and, and you don't want this message to be for them. I, I can illustrate this no better than what just happened to me a few weeks ago. I was sleeping and at 3.50 a.m. I was awoken by the sound of my car turning over. And I'm in bed and I hear my 2003 uh, GMC Yukon with 224,000 miles and the engine being turned over, and I pull my blinds back and look out to two people inside of my car trying to steal it, which I don't know why you would want to steal that car, but they were at it. And I don't know what you would have done in this situation, but I didn't think, I just reacted. And so my initial reaction was to jump up and just run out the front door of the house. So I, have, I am shirtless, sockless, and I go running out of my front door trying to make myself real big like they're, they're a bear or something. And I'm like, hey, and I go run out, what are you doing? I'm running out their car. They both jump out and they had their, their other car parked right next to my car, jump into their car and peel out and they were gone before I could even get 
there. And so still got my Yukon, got it back on Friday, uh, $1,000 later. Thank you for destroying my ignition if you're in the room. Um, <laughs> I'm praying for you. But I hope they're here. But let me be real. That day and the following week, as I was scoping out, because I saw their car. I'm trying to find their car, church. I'm driving around like they probably live somewhere close. This is not a message that I would have wanted to be for them. Like, it's for most people, but there are some people that I'm like, no, they deserve punishment. I need justice. But how, do you, how many of you know the message of the good news of Jesus Christ, this gift of Jesus this Savior come, this Savior born is not a message of justice. It's a message of love. Because none of us deserve it. But we all can receive it. And so this is what I want to share with you today. This idea of this gift for all. And it actually brought me to uh, thinking about the prophecies of Jesus. Because if you don't know, there are over 300 Old Testament prophecies that Jesus' life fulfilled, which is incredible to realize how many prophecies his life actually fulfilled, like to a T, and one of them being in Isaiah 11:10. and we're going to focus on the fulfillment in John 12. So if you have your Bibles, this is where I'm going to be coming from primarily, John chapter 12. But Isaiah 11, 10, it says, In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. And now here is the fulfillment. Let's go to the, the book of John, chapter number 12. I'm going to be reading verse 18 through 26, so stick with me. John 12, 18 through 26. How many got your re real Bibles? Hold them up. You got a real Bible. Uh, these are the extra spiritual people. Come on. They love the Lord so much. I'm joking. Your phone works too. Here we go. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. What sign are they talking about? Jesus had, had raised Lazarus from the dead and the, the people had heard. And so they're coming to see him. Wow, he rose someone from the dead. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, Andrew, and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. This is the text that I want to focus on today with us as we talk about this message, this gift that is for all. It's for all people, even those people that we have written off, even those people that have hurt us, betrayed us, maligned us. So how do we bring this gift, though? Because I think it's easy for me to be like, bring the gift, church. Share the gift. But how do we do it? I have some thoughts for you today as to how we can bring this gift for all people. First, we have to live with the mission in mind. We bring this gift 
with the mission in mind. I want to ask you, what is on your mind? Like, what do you think about? You guys seen these memes? It's like men only think about one thing. And it's disgusting. I've seen these memes. And it's usually like a golf meme of a guy just dreaming about him putting on the putting green or whatever. But that would be me. Like, what's on my mind? The kings, come on, lighting the beam again last night. Praise the Lord. God is good. Beating the warriors in the last second shot. Yes, I hate all you warrior fans in the love of Jesus, though. Um, I'm kidding. Okay, you can all come to the right side because the Warriors ain't going nowhere. Come on, come over to the Sacramento Kings side. We're the future, you're the past. Come on, praise the Lord. Some of you are about to walk out on me. No, I love Warrior fans too. I love Warrior fans too. But I mean, what's on your mind? What are you thinking about? As followers of Christ, the mission of Jesus should be on the forefront of our minds. The message of Jesus, the message of this gift. During this Christmas season, our, our mindset cannot just be on gifts and what we're getting our kids and what we're gonna buy people or what we want. It has to be about Jesus, the reason for the season. It has to be about Jesus and people receiving this gift, the ultimate gift, the gift that is eternal, that lasts. All the stuff you're gonna get this Christmas will wear away. Moth and rust will destroy it. But the gift of Jesus, the gift of Jesus is for all. And it's an eternal gift. It changes eternal destinies. It's why we must have this mission on the forefront of our minds. And I gotta be honest, I don't think that all Christians are living this way. Our minds are on all the other things of this world. It's on all the worries and the fears that this life would throw at you. But is the mission of Jesus, the gift of bringing Jesus, it is, is it on the forefront of your minds? You know, this idea of being for, for all the people, it says. That, that this was the prophecy that Jesus fulfilled, that this message would be for all people, that he would be a banner over all people. The word for actually means in support of or in favor of a person. You see, as followers of Christ, we have found favor. And some of you need to shift your perspective because you have been focusing on the lack this year. You've been focusing on what you don't have. You've been focusing on all the things that are missing from your life. And I want to tell you, if you love Jesus, you have found favor. We got to shift our mindset to one of thankfulness and gratitude and that I have favor on me. But the favor that we have, that we have found, that Jesus has given to us is not meant just for us, but it's meant to be forwarded to others. God's people forward favor. Do you hear me? And that's why I'm in, imploring you that you would have the mission in mind because the favor that you have from Jesus was meant to be forwarded to others, to be shared with others. So what is on your mind today? Is the mission on your mind? Is the gift of Jesus being for everyone on your mind? Let's get it in the forefront, church. Some of it's in the, it's in the background. It's secondary, and I want it to be primary, how do we bring the gift for all? Second is we do it with the power in our person. Everybody say power. It says in this story that because they had heard that he had performed this sign, they went out to meet him. 
Jesus had just raised someone from the dead. And so the people are drawn to him. And, and too often in the church, we forget that the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that Jesus used to raise Lazarus from the dead, to open blind eyes, to set the captives free, to, to heal the lepers, to touch those who are afflicted, the same power lives in us, church. The same power of the Holy Spirit is in us. And some of us need to be reminded that the power is in me. I got the power. And I think that in the church, we operate and we walk around, some of us as followers of Christ, even weak, defeated, broken, discouraged, depressed. And I'm here to tell you that we must remember God's power lives in us. You see, we bring the gift for all by using our gifts. And scripture tells us that there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit apportions to each as he sees fit. And I just need to remind you that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that you have access to. There's nine different. And some of us have primary gifts that we operate in. Some of us have secondary. And some of us got apportions in a moment. One of those gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to start studying them. We need to start talking about them. We need to start praising God for them. Because I'm telling you, you walk in the power when you think about the power. And you bring the gift in a better way when you're operating, knowing that I have the gift inside of me. The gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, the enemy always counterfeits whatever God creates. And so what's happening right now in our culture is our culture is obsessed with spiritual things. Like look around, get on TikTok, TikTok, obsessed spiritual. The problem is even some people in the church are playing around with spiritual things that are tied to demonic practices. And, and, and they want something real and authentic, and so they're tapping into it. But I wanted to remind you, the power is found, the true power, the authentic power is found in the Holy Spirit. And we need to, to access it as followers of Christ to bring what is authentic to this world. The gift for all, the world will be more drawn to the gift when we walk in the power that was meant to be in our person. The world will be more, be more drawn to the gift when we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit that some of us never even talk about or think about. Some of y'all need to get your spiritual swagger back. You hear me, church? You need to get that spiritual swagger back. You need to say, I got power. Come on, somebody say, say, I got power. Say it louder for them in the back. Say, I got power. And here's what we have. A bunch of people in the church are like, but I'm humble. I'm meek. I'm gentle. I'm lowly. Can I tell you what a lot of times this is? It's false humility. There is a false humility that has permeated the church where we just shrink back in situations. We shrink back as followers of God. We shrink back and we mask it in spiritual words like gentle, humble, lowly, meek. But I'm here to tell you, God's people got to walk in some spiritual swagger once again. Walk in the authority and the power that God has put on your life. The wonders and signs that Acts chapter 2 says the people are drawn to the, the early church because of the signs and wonders that are being done through the early church. 
It's why we pray every Sunday. We bring you forward and we say, let's pray over your needs. Why? Because we still believe in the healing power of the Holy Spirit. We still believe that God can fix your marriages and, and, and break off the chains of sin and heal that sickness that's on your body. We still believe that God can bring favor and financial provision to your life. And so we pray for it and we see miracles every single week. But some of you have forgotten about the power that's in you. The power in your person. You know a sign and a wonder today? A sign and a wonder today is a healthy marriage. That's how rare it is. A sign and a wonder today is a man who is pure in what he looks at. And how he lives. A sign and a wonder today is kids that love church and love coming to church and love the word of God. That's a sign and a wonder today. A sign and a wonder today is that you run a business and the culture of your business is healthy. Jaw-dropping. You mean I can come here and it's healthy, not toxic? A church that's healthy and not toxic. I'm not saying perfect, but I'm saying healthy. These are signs and wonders today that I believe happens when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. Oh, y'all aren't ready for point three. How do we bring the gift for all? Third is we do it with dominion for the day. Dominion. This is not a word that we talk about a lot in the church, but, but let me show you what happens here to the Pharisees. So I read you the story, Luke chapter 12. Sorry, John chapter 12. And the Pharisees say to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. They're talking about themselves. Look, the world has gone after him. The world is being drawn to Jesus. Jesus, born of a virgin outside of wedlock. Jesus, from a town of 100 people. Jesus, with no formal education. Jesus, the son of a, of a lowly uh, uh, woodworker, stoneworker, stonemason. This same Jesus, now people are being drawn to. And God has given him authority and dominion. Let me take you to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Here's what it says about Adam and Eve. Let them have dominion over the earth. And I think that today God wanted me to just remind us as God's people that the world is going after a lot of things. The world is going after dominion. The world is going after authority. The world is going after power, but I needed to speak over our church today that God has called us to have dominion, that God's people would step into spheres and spaces of leadership and life and businesses and entrepreneurship and, po and politics that God's people would say, we're taking our rightful place as the heads once again. What if God's people were the leading entrepreneurs of Sacramento? What if God's people were leading in the political arena in this state? What if God's people were, were, were the business owners of this community? What if God's people stepped back into the dominion that God has called us to? I'm telling you, it would change everything. 
And I believe God wants us to begin to step back into the spaces and the spheres and the leadership and the dominion and the authority that he wants us to have that too many of us are saying no out of fear. Like we are actually saying no for other people. Before they even say no, we're saying no for them. Before God even has an opportunity to work a miracle and open a door, we're saying, well, it couldn't happen anyway, so I'm just going to step back. Just a couple weeks back, I had a meeting with a couple. Uh, uh, they, they had bought a building in Old Sacramento. They're an older couple, and they had bought a building in Old Sacramento, and they were wanting to use it for the kingdom. And they saw that we had a church down here. They were driving around, and they're like, we just bought this building down the street, and, and, and so like, can we meet up? And so they're talking about if we could possibly use it and how we could partner with them. And I'm sitting there with them, and I just felt like the Lord just told me to do something crazy. And so I was just like, you know what? I feel like you should just give us the building. <laughs> and I just said it. Didn't even apologize for it. I just said, I think maybe you should just give us the building. Just give me the building. And they were like, well, we're going to have to pray about that. I was like, yeah, you do that. <laughs> but I didn't apologize. I didn't backtrack. I just said, I think just maybe that's what God wants you to do. And so I'm still praying. Y'all keep me praying because I think there's a building coming our way in Jesus' name. I got to tie my shoe. I don't think I've ever done this on a Sunday. All the people in the front were like, it was driving them crazy. They were just like, tie your shoe, bro. Tie. I did it. Are you happy? I got you. I got you. What does dominion mean? It means sovereignty or control. And so I think there's some Christians in here that need to receive this. Jesus didn't die for Christians to roll over. Jesus died, I believe, for us to take over. Why? Because when we are leading in places of influence, we have greater opportunity to share the gift of Jesus with all. We have authority. And so I just want to tell you right now, keep asking for favor. Keep asking for dominion. Because I know that there's favor on my life that shouldn't be there. It wouldn't be there if God wasn't there. And I know there's favor on your life that shouldn't be there. But it's there because of God on your life. And I just believe that God wants us to step into our proper place as rulers in this world. Why? Because it gives us greater opportunity to point people to why we have the health that we have. But listen to me. God has ownership. We have rulership. And so we have to be careful here. We can't get it twisted. When we talk about dominion, sometimes people start going, that's right. I'm the dog. I'm the man. Like, I, I, I got this. I rule this. Yes, you may rule it, but God owns it. You may rule your business, but God owns that business. Listen, listen. Project Church, God owns it. He owns this church. And some of you aren't going to like this, but I rule it. And I'm saying this unashamedly. Does that mean there's no accountability? No, there still is. We have a board that holds me accountable, that helps us make all the decisions. But, but I have been given the position of rulership over this church. Some of you still don't like it. Let me just describe to you and explain to you what is a ruler. A ruler is a measuring stick or the standard. Does this help you? 
And so my job as the ruler here is to set the standard of, of life and marriage and, and, and relationship with the Lord and, and healthy culture and healthy leadership. That's my job. And so if ever my rulership falls below this standard, that's when the accountability has to come in and fix it. And listen, while I rule now, God owns Project Church, and one day I won't rule. There'll be another pastor that will come in and take over, and that's how it was meant to be. But for now, I've been placed in this role, and so here's the problem. Some of you men out there are like, yeah, I'm the ruler of my household. That's me. Here's the problem, though. You don't live to the standard of the ruler that you were meant to be. And then you wonder why your wife doesn't respect you. You wonder why your wife doesn't support you. You wonder why your wife can't get behind you. It's because the standard as the ruler is below the very standard that you set. And so today, I must implore you and impress upon you that you would step in to the dominion, the standard of living that God has called you to live in. And I believe God is wanting to raise the level of authority in this house. I'm talking about the jobs you work, the businesses you started, the relationships you have, the spheres that you walk into, that God is wanting to give his people greater dominion, authority, power, and favor than ever before. And why do we want that? As long as our heart is to point people back to him, then I believe it'll be blessed. Because I've seen where people get it twisted and they start getting favor and, and getting authority and, and stepping into rulership, stepping into dominion, and then it becomes about them instead of him. So hear me, we gotta keep him as the focus. He gets the glory, not us. He gets the praise, not us. Because when that is our focus, then every time we lead and people say, what is it on you? Why is there favor on you? Why does everything you touch turn to gold? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Touch, grow, touch, grow. Not because of me, it's because of him. Let me tell you about the gift that's for all. You can have the same gift. Not so you can be blessed, so that you can be saved. Not so that you can increase your bank account, but so that you can have something eternal in your life. The dominion gives us greater opportunity to share the gift. And I just think we're in a season when God's people must step back into their proper place of authority and leadership and dominion. And some of you have been shrinking back out of false humility. It's time to step up. You hear me, church? It's time to step up and step forward and walk in power and authority. Some of you weren't ready for it. You'll get there. I want to invite the keys back. I'm going to close. The Lord is on me because I'm on time. Some of you are like, yes, praise God. How do we bring the gift for all? We bring the gift for all with faith for the fruit. With faith for the fruit. You know, I see in my life when I, when I start walking in faith and stepping out in faith and speaking out in faith and declaring by faith, people will start saying things to you like you're doing too much. I've had it happen. I've seen it over and over. And I'm in a season of greater faith than I've ever been in. 
I'm in a season of walking in greater authority and dominion than I've ever walked in. But you see, it's not about me, it's about him. And what they'll say to you is, you're doing too much when you start living this way, when you start talking this way, when you start stepping this way, when you start stepping out in faith, getting out the boat and walking on water at times. But I want to tell you right now, don't let that word spoke over you hinder you or stop you. My response every time when they say you're doing too much is no, I'm doing what God has put in me. I'm only having faith for the fruit that God has placed within me. I'm only walking in step with what God is calling me to. So when I have faith for the fruit, I'm more willing to share this gift with all people because I trust that even if it falls on deaf ears, even if the word is not received, even if they reject this gift, even if they say, that's not for me, even if they call me a Jesus freak, tell me they don't want it, that I'm doing too much, I say, well, the fruit is up to him anyways. And I don't know what seeds I'm planting that in due season will reap a harvest. So the end of this text, we actually see that there are Greek people, so not just Jews, because up to this point it was mostly Jews and occasionally a Gentile or two that would come to Jesus. A Gentile was anyone who was not Jewish. And we see here that these Greeks actually come to the disciples and they're wanting to connect with Jesus. They're wanting to see Jesus. They're wanting to meet Jesus. This is what happens when we walk in the faith and the favor and the authority and the dominion and, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit that's on us. There are those who will be drawn to us that we never thought would be drawn to us. Like you've probably, as you've walked more with God, had people drawn to your life that you never thought you would be able to speak into their life. And it's not because of you, it's because of him and what he's doing in you. And so these Greeks are, are being drawn to Jesus. And Jesus responds to this. And he says, truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, he says, my time has come, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. For whoever loses his life, whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I think that as I read this whole text, as I read this section at the end in Jesus' response, I feel like what the Lord was saying to me for our church is that you don't have to force the fruit. Because I think we're in a day and an age of achieving and accomplishing and building and, 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 and having so many things that people look and say, look what they've done. But I felt like God just wanted to tell you, you don't have to force the fruit. Just plant the seed. Just bring the gift. All bring the fruit. And I'm telling you, if you plant the seed in good soil, fruit is inevitable. 
And that's what I feel like God wants to speak over our lives today, that it comes down to obedience. Me bringing this gift is obedience. Me stepping out in faith is obedience. Me sharing the gift with others is obedience. Me, me doing this business, starting this, this entrepreneur plan, me stepping out into a new job opportunity, it's obedience if God is calling me to it. And so many of us are concerned with the end result, with what's gonna come from this. And I just feel like God wanted to tell you today, you don't have to force the fruit, just plant the seeds. And when you plant and you bring the gift you have, God will yield and bring a harvest that we will one day reap. You know, I think about just knowing your role. You know, I was a basketball player and on a basketball team, you gotta know your role, right? You got the shooter, you got the rebounder, you got the defender, and when the defender rebounder tries to become the shooter, it, it rarely goes well. And the people on the team are going, bro, what are you doing? Stay in your role, play your role. Like Thanksgiving church, ain't nobody asking me to bring a side dish. They say, Caleb, bring the drinks. I say, I got you because nobody wants my cooking. You're going to bring the drinks and then you're going to wash the dishes. I'm there and I will do my role. See, I think so many of us are trying to force fruit. We're trying to force roles. We're trying to force something that God is saying, is this obedience to me? It's not about just trying to be like him. It's about being obedient to him. We have been commissioned to share and to the call to share this gift for all. This gift for all. This gift is even for that person that abused you and hurt you. This gift is even for that friend that stabbed you in the back. This gift is even for that boss that did you dirty. This gift is for that friend that you thought you could trust but you couldn't. This gift is for that person that tried to take your car. It's a gift for all. And I think sometimes I've asked myself like, okay, the gift for all people. So I got to share it with all people. But I felt like God just want to remind me like, Kayla, you've been graced for certain people though. I think some of you, the idea of like, I got to share it with everyone and all people. It's for all people, but it doesn't mean you have to share it with all people. Maybe God is calling you to share it with one person, that person that you've been graced to share it with. And so we used to say something at our church about giving and generosity. We say, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And I think sometimes the idea of like sharing the gospel is so overwhelming and sharing this gift of Jesus, even in a Christmas season when people are open. Can, you, can I tell you people are open right now? People are receptive to the good news. People are receptive to the gift of Jesus. They're receptive. They're open. They want to hear. They have ears to hear. But sometimes it's overwhelming to think, I got to bring this to everybody. But I felt like you need to hear today, you've been graced for actually certain people. Maybe a few people. Maybe it's one person this Christmas season. 
that God has put on your heart that you would say, that's who God has called me to share this gift with. And so as you leave this place, we're actually gonna give you invite cards to invite people back to the 17th at Christmas Eve. And that's not what this is about, but I want you to take those. I want you to share them. But ultimately, I wanted to just impress upon us that as God's people, we have received a gift. And how could we not share the gift? It's for all people. But I want you to think about that one person. The person you've been graced to share it with. The person you've been developing relationship with and you've nurtured a relationship and you know that the ground is fertile and you've been hesitating. But this is the moment where God wanted to tell you now is the time. You've been graced for that person to share this gift and watch. You don't got to force it, but let God bring the fruit. Would you bow your heads with me across this place? You're here, you say, Caleb, honestly, I, I need Jesus. I've been running from him. I turned my back on him. I tried to do this life in my strength, my way. Uh, I, I, I tried all the things of this world. I, I tried money and relationships and, and everything left me empty. And today I just know that I need to receive the gift of Jesus. He's a gift that's for all and he's a gift that's for me. If that's you, you've been running from Jesus, you've never given your life to him, maybe you need to come back to right relationship with him and recommit yourself today and new and afresh. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Come on, put your hand up if that's you. Yes, hands going up around the room. I see them. Yes, 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 yes. Come on. Yes, yes. I see. Yes, yes. Over here. Come on, church. Give God some praise. Clap your hands right now for all these that have responded by faith. Pray this with me, everybody in here. Repeat after me, say, Jesus, today I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Forgive me, change me, make me new. I'm stepping into the call and receiving the gift of your grace on my life. I love you, Jesus, and I surrender wholeheartedly to you in this place. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet, church. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to sing this as we get ready to leave. Give me just two more minutes. I want us to sing this, and as we sing it about how great He is, I want you to begin to think about that person that person you've been praying for, that person that God has impressed upon your heart, even in this moment, that you have been graced to bring this gift to, and I want you in worship to begin to cry out to God for them and pray and intercede for them. So come on, let's lift our voices as we lift up these people that need to receive this gift. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.